What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. All right, welcome back. We're the Connor Amper Show here on 1620 The Zone and on 1620thezone.com. Connor Amper, Josh Hodson with you. Joined on the 42 Degrees Source Hotline by Jacob Bigelow, Huskers Illustrated in the Stretch Big Pod. Jacob, hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I am good, Hap. How are you? Good. Are you all recovered from uh, your very long Sunday spent at half at PBA and half somewhere eating uh, delicious ribs and things of that nature and watching your favorite team win the Super Bowl? It, I am recovered. It was a long weekend. I did a high school game Friday night, Nebraska game Saturday, and then a long day Sunday. So I uh, <laughs> needed I, – I have recovered well, and I, I am on my feet. So, <laughs> What was uh, what was the favorite – what was your favorite thing that you saw this weekend? Including – like, I mean I- – it could be. It could be any of them. I don't know. You're you're kind of an Omaha Central basketball sicko too. Maybe you like that the most. Who knows? Well, they lost that game. That's uh, true. They they were up ten with less than two minutes to go and lost. Um, that yeah. was a an unfortunate uh, turn of events for the old alma mater. But um, yeah, so it wasn't I, that. I, it was not that. I, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs winning a third Super Bowl in five years. But uh, Sunday was pretty fun. Sunday morning, I should say, Sunday morning afternoon is pretty fun, too, um, and everything that went into that. But, yes, I, 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 just Sunday as a whole. Sunday from start to finish. Was okay. Yeah, it was it was a good day. What were your – I guess, what did you sort of take away from whether it was the atmosphere, the experience, the – like, we were talking about it a little bit afterwards, but, you know, <laughs> you've been in the building for a lot of the most charged-up games that that, you know, anybody's ever seen in that building – and that one was just so unique. It was so much different than than any of those. I guess what were what were some of your takeaways from um, from from that the women's game on Sunday? Well, that's definitely that. I mean, that was different from any any atmosphere I'd seen in that building. And you know, I I uh, made the made the comparison yesterday on the morning show. But I mean, it felt like a state tournament game on steroids. You know, mm. everybody yeah, I like everywhere that. cheering, everybody everywhere cheering for every basket, and you know, a lot of little little kid voices screaming at the top of their lungs too felt like felt like a felt like a tournament game on steroids but um i think you know obviously we it's well documented the caitlin clark show and everything that comes along with it and for three quarters it lived up to the billing um but i think my biggest takeaway and you know you and i talked about this after the game i mean the the right now things are looking pretty good for the Nebraska women, but uh, what's to come for that program as well? It's hard to not uh, it's hard to not like where where the Nebraska women's basketball program is at right now. Some of the pieces they have in house right now, what they've got coming, uh, the future appears to be bright. I tend to agree with you, but yes, I'm definitely a apologist, as some would say, of, of the Nebraska women's basketball program, which is fine by me. Um, also, uh, quick take on the game. Did they let off the gas with Caitlin in the fourth quarter to 
And and if so, what does that mean for Iowa basketball who lost on the road? People forget lost on the road at Nebraska. It sure looked like it to me. And I don't know if I can, you know, speak in absolutes, but I mean, she was definitely not nearly as aggressive as I would have, you know, as we've seen her look in plenty of games before, looked a little passive. Um, she was definitely looking to distribute more, you know, then they, they had some good shots from people not named Caitlin Clark and they missed them. <laughs> they missed, missed most of them, but I, I think it definitely looked like it until probably, probably when they cut the lead to five and um, then it was, you know, she was chucking and she missed all her shots down the stretch too. So I thought um, I thought Saturday night was pretty good at Pinnacle Bank Arena as well. I, w- I spent the majority of that game sitting on my couch laughing hysterically about Nebraska just absolutely bludgeoning Michigan in basketball in the first half and where they scored, what, 45 points basically in the first 15 minutes and then kind of just basically coasted the rest of the entire game. I had a lot of fun with that. That was that was. Fred, I know Fred said after the game that was how it's supposed to look. I, I don't know if it's supposed to look that good, but obviously that's a that was a perfect picture for them on on Saturday night. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what stood out to me the most was I mean those first half sequences with ball movement and making the extra pass, whether it was to Gary cut into the rim for the dunk or mass for the top of the key three. It was like, who are these guys? Where has this been? Like, is it because they're playing a dumpster fire or is this? Or is this- like it was it was definitely you know, a bad I, team Be- definitely you know, a bad team bad team bad situation but this is not big hail to the victors over reaction so we don't need to talk <laughs> length about about Jawan and that whole deal but um you know that on offense for about 15 minutes of that half it's it, it, I think that's more what Fred was referring to the aesthetic of how it looks the, the ball movement the cutting the, all of that stuff and it was it was thoroughly entertaining. The rest of the game wasn't very you know aesthetically pleasing, but Nebraska took care of business at home, which is what they need to do down the stretch. There's a lot of people who want to like we'll go back and we'll revisionist history all these games and we'll say, hey, if that guy's on or if that guy's not on, that's the reason Nebraska wins or that's the reason Nebraska loses. And they kind of well, it's 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 been invariably different guys throughout the entire season. Like we we've seen we've seen it with Tominaga. We've seen it with Mast. We've seen it with Gary. We've seen it with uh, Bryce Williams and Alec now as well. Who had a great game on Saturday night with his with his energy. Who would you attribute to like Nebraska's best formula combined with that person playing well? Like what what does that picture have to look like for Nebraska to be at their best? That's a great great question. Have um, that is uh, that's. A- it's kind of the million dollar question right now. Um, I think it's got to be some combination of math being, you know, math playing inside out, Juwan Gary, you know, doing his junkyard dog stuff. And then, you know, Tomonaga, Tomonaga hitting shots. He doesn't have to be, you know, the fo- the focal point, but I think those three are the, the, that's the winning formula, some combination of it all. And, you know, we've heard Fred say that, you know, the, you know, he, he's admitted he sounds like a broken record and it all comes down to turnovers and rebounds. And, you know, that's where that's where Mast and Jawan come in, too. But I think it kind of starts and ends with with those three in my book. Well, there there's a reason that all year we've basically been saying, hey, this team has to be greater than the sum of their parts. Now, there there is a we've seen the downside to it, too. 
And it's that you don't necessarily you have you you can get options of go to scoring guys depending on the night, or you could also just kind of have that disappear from from your rep- repertoire. I'm I'm interested to see sort of like when it gets to important stuff for Nebraska, what they decide to do and where they decide to go. But I mean, if we're looking at it realistically over the last five six games here, it, that doesn't really have to reveal itself. They could they could play good team basketball and and finish this this thing off the right way. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's a very favorable, you know, smooth, it makes for a smooth landing going into Minneapolis for sure. And I, if I'm being 100% honest, this game on Saturday is the game left that kind of that's mm. me as the possible toe stubber um, or the, the landmine the most just because of the way Penn State's built, the way they play. Uh, it's going to be like Diet Maryland, in my opinion. Um, oh, nice. Because they're – because they're really athletic, they're really long. They've got, they've got some, they've got some small but really skilled guards who can get after you, and they're going to crash the boards. And you know, Mike Rhodes came from VCU, and you know he, you know VCU, that stereotype of tough defense and just in your face. You know, he's trying to bring that to Penn State. Yeah, it's year one, but combine all that with an 11 a.m. tip on a Saturday, and that's the game that sticks out to me the most. In the home slate, for sure. I feel like I ask you this every week, but it, there's a reason why people do power rankings, I guess, every week. All right, so so Purdue and then everybody else is certainly my power ranking, but I guess in this case you have to name the the you don't have to go through team by team, but like, what is it? What does it look like at the top for you right now? With you know, following Purdue is. Is it still Wisconsin, even though that they, even though they've slipped? Michigan State, here they come. Nebraska has a chance to look really good in the record column at the end. Um, you know, Illinois is still a good basketball team. Like, how would you sort of rank that top of the top of the conference right now? I think Illinois is firmly number two for me. And you're thinking you're probably thinking that they just lost to Michigan State, but I'm just think, I'm thinking in terms of big picture, like yeah, I, I agree with you for the record. Yeah. Who's got the chance to be playing in the second weekend, you know, in, in the dance is how I'm kind of looking at it. Um, I don't know what has happened to Wisconsin, but I also think it kind of says a lot about how they were being perceived. You know, were they ever really the sixth best team in the country? Like, I don't know about that, but they, you know, they're, they're still a good team. They still got the, the makings to win a couple games when it matters, but they've, slipped pretty pretty hard these last these last couple weeks and Michigan State's making a case you know we've heard Izzo we heard Izzo say it you know I feel like he said it in December I mean he well it still sticks with me after you know he's leaving his presser at PBA when none of us asked him questions he goes none of you Nebraska people asking questions huh? that's, a, that's a good win that's a good win for you when and um, now that that win is aging very well because they're surging and they're making a run and Izzo has said they're going to make a run at some point and it might be here okay well, let's go on the other side um so there's going to be some coaching changes in the league. Um, I think Ohio State probably – that seems like kind of a lock at this point uh, with the way things have gone for them this year with such a good start and then a, then a really, really bad finish now. W- what else happens at the bottom of the league in terms of movement that we could expect in the next uh, six weeks here? 
Well, if you uh, if you happen to look at the three road games remaining on Nebraska's schedule, uh, there is a common thread between the three, being Indiana, Ohio State, and Michigan, and that is fan base apathy towards mm. the head coach has set in at all three of those places. Um, Indiana Indiana's fans uh, they you know they respect to Mike Woodson. He's an alum. He you know was never seen as a long term you know fix. They are itching for the Dusty May era to uh, to uh, wow. kick off as quick as they can. Um, and Dusty May, the Florida Atlantic coach who took them to the Final Four last year, uh, famously was a student manager for Bob Knight in the early 2000s. Oh, uh, if you got a connection to Bob Knight, you got to do it. You just have to. So if I, so, yeah, so so if I had followed through with my manager journey, who knows? Maybe I would have been Dusty May. <laughs> they is that that is what Indiana is itching for. I don't think they can. I don't think if Mike Woodson was to leave IU, he'd be fired. I think he would be retiring with heavy quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he'd be um, a hot name out there for. for no, yeah. Mich- Michigan. I think that's going to come down to the AD because fan base apathy has set in times a hundred. Nobody goes now. to their games. Nobody's there. Nobody goes to the no. Nobody goes to those games except for the Fab Five. That one time they showed up, but <laughs> you know maybe they're all gonna show up again on Senior Day to try to stand up for their guy in Juwan. But I think those are the three. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. I think Woody will coach one more year in Bloomington, but Michigan and Ohio State for sure. Those have my attention. And then they're not in the conference yet, but a couple of those West Coast schools that are coming to the league next year, they also have my attention. There could be quite a cast of uh, new coaches joining the Big Ten at Big Ten Basketball Media Day in Vegas next fall. Is that where it is? Oh, my God. No, that's no. <laughs> oh, God, I was going to say, that's been announced already? That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's just me. That's just me projecting. Uh. That's just me. That's me projecting for, you know, the, them looking to go west. So <laughs> it'll be a – could be a whole new cast of characters. Okay, so we're already off on the tangent. Is is UCLA a desirable basketball job at at where it's a it's a blue blood program and you're always like a good coach away, but we know that their life is about to change drastically and we know the financial issues and all this stuff. Like it, what kind of person takes and wants desires that job right now? Someone, I mean, you gotta have a you gotta have a ton of connections to that area and those AAU programs, uh, everything in that area, which makes the Mick Cronin hire make even less sense. So confusing about it. You know, he can, but when you think back to it, he was also like their tenth choice during that during that coaching search. But I mean, you gotta be connected to you know West Coast, you know the AAU, the Compton Magic, you know AAUs of the world and that sort of thing and. The biggest thing we've heard Mick talk about is NIL too, and but I mean, it, there's a lot. There's a lot at work. I mean, people around here want to make jokes about a certain fan base being very wine and cheese. <laughs> turn on a UCLA. Turn on a UCLA game. Poly Pavilion is the ultimate <laughs> wine and cheese, bougie. That all. I mean, it's not much of a. There's not much of an atmosphere going on there, and I think you know you got to be. You got to be a West Coast guy with plenty of ties to the area and maybe a little bit of a, a fondness for history to want the UCLA job. Yeah, they 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 still think John Wooden's going to come back at some point and be like, "Hey, let's let's go do this. Let's go win one, two, three team." 
Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is going to have Nebraska football, Indiana basketball, and UCLA <laughs> basketball all longing for the good old days um, once once July 1st hits. good point. And that's no and that's no slide at Nebraska football. That's just that's just facts. That's just a <laughs> lot of people, Jacob, remembering things all the time. Yes, yes, <laughs> a lot of remember when, a lot of yeah. What is that? That's the, that's the country song, right? Remember when? Thank you. you know, I was wondering all, if you were going to go there. They, oh, we appreciate that. Through. Now we have that audio <laughs> forever, which is great. Yes, you do. When yeah, if I when whenever my open is concocted, you can throw that in there. There you go. Get on it, Josh. All right. Waiting for you to say something. Uh, Jacob, appreciate it as always, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, Hap. Appreciate it like always. Thanks, guys. Jacob Bigelow, Huskers Illustrated in the Stretch Big Pod. You could hear his uh, random musings on the pod each week. Love amusing. Oh, yeah. He's got them, too. All right. He's got plenty of them. Lots of thoughts on coaching searches and things of that nature. Uh, Joel tweeted us a good one here. So I asked Jacob about, like, the idea of is there a is there a guy with Nebraska basketball here like if that guy's on then this is when they're at their best if is there a correlation between a dude playing well and Nebraska being at their best um Joel says the following against power six opponents so for Nebraska this year it's been big 10 teams plus Creighton plus K-State plus Oregon State Nebraska is nine and two when Rink Mast has three or more assists. Oh. They lost at Minnesota and Maryland. They are one in six when Mast has less than three assists. Oregon State being the only win, which they were going to win anyway because Oregon State stinks. In Big Ten play, they're seven and two when Mast has three plus assists and 0 and five if he has less than three. So Mast facilitating. Hmm. It's once again, it's 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 amazing. You know, coming off of last year. I thought with them, like, all right, they had this really cool Greasel Walker thing, and it was such a unique setup with those two where Greasel was like the, he was the steady hand, but Derek Walker was almost kind of the point guard for for the team. It was like, here's how we initiate offense. We start there, and then he kind of dishes out. And it hasn't been exactly that way, but it does, like, I do feel like Nebraska is at their best when they run through Mast. And that is, once again, in the absence of a point guard for Nebraska basketball. Um, like a primary ball handler, you know, point guard kind of guy. People forget. Um, so, I, I anecdotally, I do feel, I, I, I agree with what Joel gave us statistically. Like, I, I feel like Nebraska running through Mast is a generally good way to kind of start things. But it's been different guys for them at different points. Like I said to Jacob, it's... It's good in the sense that it gives you different options. You don't have to be solely dependent on this one guy, but it's bad in terms of like, who are you and what do you know you have to do in order to win a basketball game? That, you know, there's a reason why they say guard play rules in March. You know, you got to have a point guard. That doesn't necessarily bode well for Nebraska, but they can kind of recreate it in the aggregate. So, you know, I wonder how they sort of figure that out. Um, down the stretch here. little news in. We've talked a lot about Nebraska women's basketball win on Sunday against Iowa. Uh, Jazz Shelley has been named AP National Player of the Week for her performance against Iowa last week. First Husker 
female to ever receive that honor. How about that? There you go. Friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And then this just in mm-hmm. from the gram. Josh. In- Instagram? Yeah, from the gram. Reporting. This is Connor Happer reporting live from the gram. We have an Instagram post from Jordy Ball. Uh oh. She says the following. In game one of opening weekend in Puerto Vallarta, I experienced an injury to my ACL that is going to cause me to support the red team in a different way than I anticipated for the twenty twenty four season. With a heartful with a heart thank with a heart thankful for God's plan and timing, I will be red shirting this year. Looking forward to a season of growth and learning from a different point of view. I'm thankful for the support of family, friends, coaches, and staff. I'm truly blessed to have so many wonderful and loving people in my life. I'm not going anywhere. See you in 2025. Go Big Red. Just like Titanic Johnson said. GBR. Way to put a comedic spin on such a sad story. It is. I, I, like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even... She tore her ACL in the third inning of the most anticipated. I, I was watching, uh, you know, she's Nate, Aaron Rodgers. Nate, Nate, Rohr, don't say that. Nate Rohr puts out her, um, or his his video, his his little selfies, you know, before oh, all yeah. the games. Mm-hmm. He does the videos; they're really great. And you know, he went on a he went on a thing before the first game, before they played Washington in that first game that Jordy got hurt in, and he was like, "This might be like the most anticipated." season in the one of the most anticipated season in Nebraska athletics history, right? All the buzz about softball, that player specifically, like she could theoretically be the type of player to almost single-handedly bring you in contention for a national championship, right? Mm-hmm. And Nebraska was being viewed as in that in that realm on the softball side and man, if 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 you're like, well, Here's the deal, though. Nebraska, this this will find a way to not work out. Nebraska is cursed in all these various different ways. You're you're like point in my category today. Didn't even play that a is, game in America. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I tell you guys, like I like I saw the video and I'm like, oh no 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 no. That's not an ankle. That is not an ankle injury. And so what happened is they they you know she couldn't get an MRI there you know. She's not Gus Fring. She doesn't have like a standby hospital sitting there for her. <laughs> so it's like, let's just wait. Hang on. We'll get back. We'll do the MRI. We'll take care of the whole thing. And I was told these resorts were all inclusive. <laughs> Did you see where they were playing? I'm playing like a city park. Oh, really? Yeah. It was <laughs> like, it, it, that's what it looked like anyway. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like outstanding facilities down there. Like some of those Big East venues Creighton goes to. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. And so they're like, all right, let's let's get it all taken care of back here. And their their worst fears were realized. Jordy Ball is out for the season. Man, that's ridiculous. Um, so if you have any reaction to that and how Nebraska is cursed in these varieties of these, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just in the category of like we can't have nice things. Look at all these great things. Look at all this great stuff that the great pub that's coming from. What happened on Sunday at Pinnacle Bank Arena? Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Jordy Ball tore ACL. <laughs> Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. Here's a gut punch. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. All right, we'll come back. Uh, a couple more things to get to before we get out of here. Connor Hamper Show, 1620 The Zone.